Welcome back to another Mornings with the Masters, where we devote ourselves to the Lord daily with you. Good morning, you guys. Good morning, indeed. We're picking back up with New Morning Mercies, and Tori's just going to take it from here. Yes, y'all. Let's do it. It says this. Face it. Your most brilliant act of righteousness wouldn't measure up to God's standard. That's why you've been given the grace of Jesus. The more you understand the magnitude of God's grace, the more accurate will be your view of the depth of your unrighteousness. And the more you understand the depth of your unrighteousness, the more you will appreciate the magnitude of God's gift of grace. The person who is comfortable in his own righteousness hasn't really understood grace. And the person who is unimpressed by God's grace hasn't really understood his sin. So let's talk about the essentiality of God's grace. To talk about the essential nature of God's grace means first talking about the disaster of sin. Sin isn't primarily about acts of rebellion. Sin is, first of all, a condition of the heart that results in acts of rebellion. You and I commit sins because we are sinners. The condition of sin into which every person who has ever lived was born renders each of us unable to live up to God's standard. Sin leaves us without the desire, will, or ability to do perfectly what God declares is right. Whether it's a situation in which we try and fail or a moment when we rebel and don't care, the playing field is level. We all fall short of God's standard. Read Romans 3. It is a devastating analysis that shows us all to be in a dire and unalterable spiritual condition. We are all unable. We are all guilty. There is not a thing we can do to help ourselves. None of us is good in God's eyes, and none of us can satisfy his requirement. It is an inescapable, humbling, and sad reality. But God didn't leave us in this sorry, helpless, and hopeless state. He sent his son to do what we could not do, to die as we should have died, and to rise again, defeating sin and death. He did all this so that we could rest in a righteousness that is not our own, but a righteousness that fully satisfies God's requirement. So, unable as we are, we are not without hope. We can stand before a perfectly holy God, broken, weak, and failing, and be completely unafraid because we stand before him in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You no longer have to hope and pray that someday you will measure up because Jesus has measured up on your behalf. How could you hear better news than that? Amen to that. I think the thing I want to talk about today kind of parallels this devotional a little bit, but I guess so as you were reading, I was just kind of thinking like, how is this impacting my walk right now? Like, mm-hmm. like, what does this mean in terms of my heart posture towards God right now? What does this mean in terms of the things I'm struggling with? And actually, what does this mean with the things that I feel like I'm doing really well? And I came to this, I came to this point where I was like, my heart is always longing for something. And y'all's hearts are always longing for something. And if I were to give just a a really simplistic description of it, it's like whenever you're hungry, you desire food. Whenever you're feeling lonely, you desire like affection or community. Like there's like a a solution to the problem that we're feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, And when it comes to this, this deep 
guttural longing that we're feeling, we don't always run to God to fill it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll take a feeling that we're having and we think, oh, it's this, so I'm going to fill it with the world. Oh, I don't feel like I've achieved enough at work. Or like, so if we take that heart posture of feeling like, like, like less than or not good enough, we'll then instead of going to God for our, our affirmation, acceptance, and, and self-worth through the identity that he has given us, we will then dive into work or we'll find our worth and acceptance in like things like our money or our friendships yeah. or our things, or we'll just stay beaten down and just feel worthless all the time. But our it, it points to this deep feeling and longing for acceptance, love, and intimacy that we all have. Yeah. But I guess what I'm just trying to say as I'm processing this is that I think that we can more often than not try to take, try to fill that God-shaped hole in our heart with something that is not God-shaped. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be important for us to remember the dependency we have on him. Because if we are Christians who are walking things out and we're spending time in prayer and we're doing daily devotionals and we're trying to love our neighbor and we're doing all these things, that's amazing. But I think let's let's remind ourselves of like why we do it. We love because he first loved us and he filled all those needs. And so we don't have to operate for we operate from. And I just think that's what I was feeling right now is reminding myself that my soul, like, cause he, he, so, sorry if I keep getting distracted. What I'm trying to say is, is that every day we want things. Every day we go after things. Every day we fill our time with what's important to us. Every day we talk to people who we think we're going to prioritize in our life. Every day we do certain things and that will reveal where our heart currently is. But more often than not, there's something deeper happening there. And those, those things that we're doing, those things that we're wanting every single day are little baby microcosms of the greater longing mm-hmm. that we have for Christ. And when we realize our hearts are are thirsty for him, like literally thirsty for him, then we'll be so much more appreciative of who he is to us mm-hmm. and what he's done for us. But if we're only living in that state, we're like, yeah, he paid for my sins. Now, whatever, I just live my life as a Christian. We're forgetting that like we are meant to be with him. We are meant to do life with him. We are meant to be in communion with him so much so that he came down to make us right with him. And I just think that it's reminding like, what are we, what are we built for? Mm-hmm. Are we built just to work 60 hours a week? Are we built just to eat junk food and numb ourselves with Netflix shows every single day? Are we built for that? Is that what the creator created us for? Or did he create us for communion with him? And yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to say. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, I think the big thing that kind of stuck out to me about this devotional is just that like juxtaposition of we aren't going to understand the fullness and the gravity of grace until we understand the fullness and the gravity of our sinful nature. And it's not a let's go bash ourselves time. It's a no, let's boast all the more gladly in the grace of that is Christ Jesus. And the fact that we get to clothe ourselves in his righteousness, something that always impacted me, especially when I was really struggling to figure out how to live my life, not from a place of shame and guilt was, it was so hard for me to reconcile like, well, Lord, if you, if you know everything, if you see everything, then how in the world can you 
look at me and say that I am pure? How can you look at me and say my, my, my slate has been washed white as snow? That makes no sense to me. And what really hit me was that he doesn't see me through the lens of Tori, through the lens of my accomplishments and my quote-unquote worth. He sees me through the lens of his son. He sees me through the righteousness of Christ. And because of that, like that is what places worth on my life. It is Jesus. It is all about Jesus. And so when we fully recognize, man, I am so undeserving of this grace that I get given daily, it will make us that much more grateful Mm -hmm. for that grace. Yeah. um, I was just looking up the scripture. It's Matthew 5, 28. And it says, I'm I'm paraphrasing it. It says, um, but, but I say to you, even if you uh, even lust after a woman in your mind, you've committed adultery against her. And I think it's it's things like that that kind of call us out. It's like, oh, well, I'm not doing this and this and this sin, so I'm, I'm fine. I'm actually better than I think I am. Well, let's not forget that the bar for righteousness is so high. Yeah. It's so far away from us. And again, that's not to bash us. That's to remember that he gave us his righteousness yeah. to wear. We don't have to be righteous on our own. Mm-hmm. And so that should lead us to a place of gratefulness, yeah. a place of, of thankfulness, and a place of humility mm-hmm. that we wear his cloak. Like yeah. we put on his majesty, yeah. um, and it's not up to our own efforts that would fall short anyways. Yeah, so good. Want to praise that out? Dude. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for your son. We thank you that we get to walk in the righteousness of Christ, Father, that it is not up to us, Father, to earn our salvation or to earn our own righteousness, Father. We know that we would fall short every single day, but Father, we thank you that instead you cover us in your grace, Father, that you fill us with your Holy Spirit that truly breaks the chains of slavery that we so often find ourselves entangled in. Father, I pray that today you would help us understand the gravity in which your grace really and truly is so that we can overflow with thankfulness and gratitude um, just for the fact that you look at us through the lens of your son. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen, God. Amen, God. Amen, y'all. When I was that perfect time to break out the worship music, break out the journal, and continue pressing to Lord. Yes, and y'all don't forget that you are God's masterpiece. And don't forget to love you. We love you guys. I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Told scenes.